Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Easy Tarot Lessons. I am Dusty White, author of The Easiest Way to Learn the Tarot Ever. Have an interesting class for you today. Um, would have been about an hour and a half. Just just got off the phone with Aaron, um, who I called Andy by mistake in the last minute, and I feel like a jerk for that. Talked about astrology today and how astrology can be used to really enhance your understanding of your cards and make you a kick-ass reader. Uh, one of the things you'll hear at the very end is what you're going to learn today is how to add an extra zero to your hourly rate. Please pay attention to this. There's good stuff here. Obviously, I didn't cover everything. A lot of what I didn't cover is in our course over at Easy Tarot Lessons. Please consider signing up. It's a dollar for your first month. After that, it's $10 a week. But if you have any questions, uh, leave them in the comments. In the meantime, this is a very powerful lesson on how to use astrology to make your readings more accurate and uh, in-depth. Thanks for being here. All right, here we go. Yeah, I'd just like to know how to use um, astrology better and tarot readings and how they are fit hand in hand with each other. It's fairly limited knowledge of astrology. <laughs> so let me start off by just a quick overview that uh, hopefully will be common sense. It takes off his glasses dramatically. You see, astrology is the measure of everything on this planet. It doesn't really work on other planets because they have their own perspective, kind of like um, religion. Everybody has their own view, and even people who worship the same God, like Christians and Catholics and Baptists and Lutherans, and, and then, of course, Muslims and Jews, they all argue over, over it. So reality is the same way, you know. I say um, San Francisco's north of no, it's west. Well, technically, we're both accurate because, but we're in different places. Uh, same thing with our uh, with our psychological output. I mean, outlook. And therefore, with astrology, because uh, the astrology of Mars would be based on, well, there would be no Mars in astrology. Everything would be angry um, or aggressive. It's just you know, it's uh, like that Popeye cartoon where the uh, beginning. There's only one Popeye cartoon like this ever. I only saw it once, but it was brilliant. It was wall-to-wall -wall fighting. Just, and at the end, they said, don't you see? It's a natural thing to do. And and that was it. That is probably the name of the cartoon. But in astrology uh, on Mars, we have Earth. Well, what the hell is Earth? I mean, would it be the fertility planet? Mm -hmm. um, so the thing is that all I'm saying is that astrology works on Earth. If we try to leave Earth, then who knows what's going to happen. Um, and it's not about the constellations. It's about, because those are just markers, it's about the, um, the suns and planets pass up and down below and above the equator. And it's a whole bunch of interesting, weird stuff. If you study it long enough and don't go crazy, it starts to make this amazing, beautiful sense. And then you look at the stuff that's out there and go, wait, none of this is actually what's going on. So in that sense, a whole bunch of rambly words to say that astrology is the measure of everything. You see, it's a science that we've been developing over the last 5,000 years of observation and research, but we still have so much to learn and so much to decipher. So our first point of 
astrology and how it fits into tarot is to understand that astrology is a map of the terrain that we exist in. It just happens to be like an, an energy map. Okay. Does anything I does any of that make sense? Do you have yeah. any questions so far? Okay. Yeah, I'm totally with you. All right, good. Now, scientists like to tell us a whole bunch of nerdy things like all energy is made of, I mean, all matter is made of energy and also animated by energy in various amounts. So, therefore, the measure of energy is also the measure of matter, all that kind of stuff. Yay. What I take from it is this makes astrology uh, fundamental to a true understanding of physical matter and psychological states and emotions and existential things such as circumstances and events all around us because astrology is the measure of energy and since all matter is made of energy to some extent and whatnot then if we can understand energy and how it materializes and solidifies and decompose through astrology then we can look around the world and have an enhanced understanding in addition to our basic, you know, math and chemistry and what our eyeballs tell us. Mm -hmm. So if we can begin to grasp even the basics of astrology, because I don't want people listening to this later going, oh, my God, i got to go to school for like 10 years. To... But if we can just even understand the basics of astrology. I'm a Sagittarius. That person's a Libra. Sun rises in spring. We happen to call it Aries. We can understand, you know, basic stuff. We can enhance the uh, the accuracy and the clarity of our tarot readings literally exponentially. Now, speaking of the tarot, <sighs> tarot is not a spiritual path. It's not a religion, and it did not come from Egypt. Now, I'm sure I'm pissed off <laughs> by saying that, but we have to look at the tarot through the eyes of actual truth, not wishful thinking. Um, it's a game. It was invented right around 1438 in northern Italy. It was a smash hit. It just traveled through Europe all over the centuries. The French really loved it, and it became almost a, uh, a national pastime. In fact, I think it's funny that the tarot is a game rightfully owned, intellectual property, all that stuff, by the Italians. This is it. Italian game. They had fun with it. They didn't reject it. They said, well, this is a good game. We should play this some more. This, I like this game. Um, but it was so popular in France, uh, you know, to this day, as a matter of fact, it's still tarot is played all over Europe. But it's so popular that we don't call it taroki. We don't call it by its German name or Spanish name or Italian name. Uh, we call it by its French name, which is tarot, T-A-R-O-T. So that, that wasn't the point that I'm making is that wasn't even the original name for it. No, it, was, uh, it wasn't invented in uh, France. It, it wasn't named in France. France didn't have it for probably a hundred years after the Italians did. But yet we call it tarot, which is funny because it's a French word and it's a French uh, I, there's a fancy term for it when, um, you know, like, um, when one country uh, or language adopts another word or has a has a you know a slightly variant uh, word, but they just take it and they go, oh, okay, we'll change that and leave it mostly intact. Um, so hence saying taroki, tarochi, uh, whatever on uh, in tarot. 
It's not like they call it Bob or something. But what really just gets my goat is that you will see scholars, um, the ancient times all the way into modern times, who are just copying what the ancients said. And they say that taro means royal road. And they'll say ta and ro or tar and ot or rot. And they did do all this pseudo-scientific wordplay to try to convince you that their methodology is sound when they're just literally making shit up completely, just, just out of thin air. Um, so Tarot doesn't mean a ro royal road. It had nothing to do with Egypt. Um, and any, I will go on record and say, any so-called scholars who have ever preached this are ignorant and stupid. And that applies to any authors to this day, I can name a few, that write, oh, Tarot's from Egypt. And they should be smacked. Um, what is it? Three Stooges style. <laughs> because it's not, it's not wrong to believe something stupid. It's wrong to go out and preach all this stuff with no factual evidence and, and to go poison the minds of, of people who are worse to profit from poisoning the minds of people who are uh, sincerely searching, you know, to enhance their lives. So hopefully we'll clear all that up. Um, what else? Oh yeah. You see also, see if the, if the word tarot did mean royal road, tarot can't be royal road because it's French that comes from Italian, and taroki doesn't mean royal road. So, if, I mean, if it meant royal road, it had anything to do with the Egyptians, we'd have to actually go to Italy and say, okay, where's the Egyptian connection? But if we don't have the Egyptian connection through the linguistic words, we can't just go, oh, French, <laughs> screw, screw the fact that it existed for at least 100 years or more in, uh, in Italy before that. Uh, it, the French corrected it. The French uh, are smarter than those dumb Italians, and uh, they said, uh, you know, ah, <laughs> we, we know it's from Egypt. So this is the problem with Etea. Uh, this is like the world's first tarot reader um, had a lot of interesting things to say but you know back then you could just kind of make stuff up and nobody was going to question you there was no internet there was no uh mass there were no telephones you know you couldn't uh, uh or te even telegraphs you couldn't write somebody and get an instant response or even a response on in any particular uh, short period of time you know you couldn't do uh, your intercontinental or, or international um research like we can now and and verify facts so you could just make something up and then everybody would believe you because you you know had a phd or something behind your name so this really pisses me off part of learning how the tarot works especially with astrology is we have to disabuse ourselves of all of the um just garbage that we have absorbed either by directly reading it or by assimilating it, um, kind of like secondhand smoke, through uh, what we call it secondhand uh, ignorance, um, through what other people say. We go to tarot conventions, and some speaker says this, or some friend mentions that, or we see a YouTube here, and and uh, somebody says that they read this off the internet, and and just slowly it starts poisoning our mind. And you know, enough people believe it, it's like, oh, well, it must be true. You know, how can we go against it? All right, I really want to rant on this some more. 
but uh, I need to get to the point. So, Game Tero has had, has been around for a while. It's had various religious beliefs stamped on it. And then, you know, like the Kabbalah. He's like, oh, we've got to force our beliefs on this. And it wasn't, the funny thing is, it wasn't like a bunch of Jewish people. It wasn't like a Jewish cabal saying, we worship the Torah and the Kabbalah and, and uh, we have our own little thing that you guys call the Bible and we are going to force you to learn our religion. The Jews never did that. There was a bunch of Christians who stole the kind of salad bar. They kind of picked and chose what they like about the Egyptian museum, uh, Egyptian religion and the Kabbalah and Christianized it and then overlaid that on top of pagan theology and so that's like what they're calling the Kabbalistic tarot. And you can go back and check all of this, you know, um, Levi and Agrippa and all these guys. They're all they're all Catholics. And again, nothing against Catholics, but that was you know they were European. They were they were um, Christian. Uh, this was before the uh, advent of um, Protestant Protestantism or um, whatnot in in large force. So they uh, they just did their own thing and. They thought they were right, but again, this is why we don't have children write science textbooks is because of their limited awareness. So these people had limited awareness. They had no idea what gravity was. They had, I mean, okay, maybe they had an idea what gravity was. They didn't know what the speed of sound was. They didn't know what the speed of light was. There was all these things that, uh, you know, demons caused uh, illness, not, not germs. So, I mean, at some point we have to question the validity of their arguments that the tarot is Kabbalistic and the tarot came from Egypt and all this stuff. It's nice to go back and worship the old guys and say, oh, let's recreate, let's be Celtic recreationists. Or, uh, and I, you know, I said it about you know people who are in the metaphysics. Like, it's nice, but let's not distort our scientific understanding of the world through wishful thinking. And uh, this is what comes down to the tarot. So a lot of what we have to do is disabuse ourselves of all this crap. Anyway, so the tarot we have today comes preloaded with superstition, uh, fake or faux uh, spiritual ideas, and then religious beliefs that have been shoved on it. And if we let these stew for a couple of centuries, like the 18th, 19th, 20th centuries, all of a sudden they become fact because they're old. And old things are cool. I mean, just look at Egypt. Egypt's incredibly old. We're like, yay, Atlantis, old, yay, Rome, uh, Greece. We kind of varnish. We don't look at the fact that it didn't have toilet paper, running water, or toothbrushes, or you know anything, anything like that. You know, we just like ignore all that. We go, yay, oh my God, how cool it would be to live back there. And it's like, yeah, no air conditioning, out living in the desert. Yeah, that's that's going to be lots of fun. So this is how astrology, cut around to the point, this is how astrology was gra grandfathered into the tarot. Um, so all these different beliefs were forced onto the tarot, and some of them actually make sense. I'm going to get to that point in a moment. Um, so our, our core mission here to understand how astrology and the tarot fit together, hand in glove and, and whatnot, is... We have to really separate the wheat from the chaff. You know what I'm saying? Right. All right. Whatever anyone, meaning you, particularly believes, 
It's not my concern. I'm not here to change your beliefs. I'm just here to make sure that what you believe works and if at all possible, we strip up, we strip out the errata, the uh, uh, existential information. I'm sorry, not existential, the extraneous information, what the hell am I talking about? That, that just kind of glommed onto it. The, the slime that, that, you know, you, you take a scrub brush and you wash off the slime. You're like, hey, this, this idea makes a lot of sense. Why did, why did it have all that crap on it? Um, so, again, not to not to insult any any particular belief you have, but, but since we're talking specifically how tarot and astrology fit together, we have to look at them without coloring them through our preferred religion or spiritual belief system. We can always add that on later as an explanation of how things work. But they were designed by religious people, but they weren't designed by super metaphysical masters who were hiding secrets that we have yet to unveil because somehow we are dumber than the people that came before us. It's a very popular New Age thought that our ancestors were 100 times smarter than we are and screw technology we're just a bunch of troglodytes running around but anyway so the uh, astrology was rather grandfathered into the tarot keep in mind the astrology goes back about three thousand years we can definitely say astrology goes back but if we go back even further we can understand that through observation of phenomenon uh, astrology really is based on well, five thousand years of uh, recorded you know, recorded history and research. Um, tarot only goes back a couple hundred years. Um, so astrology was there before the tarot. Therefore, astrology was stamped on the tarot, much like, you know, a lot of the religious beliefs. Oh, we must do this because uh, this is how I believe. Now, the tarot themselves are just cards, just, you know, slabs of paper with ink on them. But it's what is printed on the tarot cards that makes them interesting and the core images that come to us uh they, they come to us directly from game designers who are laying out medieval and christian and even pagan allegories of reality as the trump cards they um they they got the malmuk or mook malmuk I, I think i'm trying to talk uh, um, what's that guy's name um babylonian deity yeah, i think it's the maluk cards but some cards from the middle east egypt that came north over the Mediterranean to uh, Italy. They're just playing cards. Well, there are no there are no uh, images on them because that was um, uh, against you know Islamic beliefs. So just you know cards with uh, picture uh, pictures of like wands and cups and swords and scimitars, things like that on them. And then some genius, some just amazing genius said, well we we need to have a permanent set of trumps. Now. Uh, as I understand, the game of tarot, although there are several games of tarot, but the so-called game of tarot originally was much like what we uh, call bridge today. You know, like everybody's playing their cards, and you can play this or that, you know, trump card, and you can say, ah, I trump it. And then if you have um, if you have the fool card, it's an escape card, which says, I don't want to play my trump cards, but I'm showing you this card, saying, ha I do not have to play this round. And by the way, I get to keep my uh, keep my fool card in my pile. So that's why 
there are 21 trump cards because seven times three, three times seven. I mean, the people that invented this were they were Catholic, so seven, three. This is kind of they liked that kind of numerological thing, and they put in their Christian and pagan and, and uh, uh, medieval allegories in there as trumps. Okay, cool. So yes, there is some sort of religious connotation and understanding of the world, but it's not. The problem is that the old tarot scholars kept rearranging the order of the tarot because they're like, oh, this isn't right, and so-and-so has it wrong. Well, well, so-and-so has it wrong. Well, so-and-so doesn't have enough Kabbalah in it, which is why we have the BOTA now. So all these um, so-called tarot scholars were rearranging stuff. Well, you don't rearrange stuff if, if it's religious or if it's philosophical or magical of value. So we got to just kind of play loosey-goosey with that and go, okay, are there astrological connotations to the tarot? Absolutely, because astrology is a measure of everything. We can look at um, at the magician and say, well, that's Adam or Adam. You know, it's kind of a kind of a Aries kind of guy, just kind of independent, kind of does his own thing. Uh, the emperor is interesting because he's uh, more Capricorn than Aries, but, you know, he's been given the association of Aries, but no Aries would be old and sitting on his uh, throne. Aries would be out there like the, uh, I don't know, like the Knight of Swords or the or the Magician or the Fool would be out doing something. <laughs> He'd be like, death, I'm going out and doing something. But that emperor just sits on his throne. So this is the problem of taking the face value and saying, well, so-and-so said that the emperor is akin to Aries, but he's really not. He's much more akin to um, you know, solid, conservative, uh, old you know, um, Capricorn. And so the more we know about astrology, the more we understand um, the tarot. So there is that aspect. Um, is this all making sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, let's see. Now, again, one thing I want to say here, just to make sure that, uh, that I'm perfectly clear on this. Some of the stuff that they stamped on the tarot just makes sense in common life, common, uh, common everyday life. And one thing I like to tell my, uh, my students in, in metaphysical school is that metaphysics must uh, play nicely in the same sandbox as physics. It's it's like looking in a mirror. If you look in a mirror, you're going to see a, pic, a picture of yourself. Um, if it's a distorted mirror, you'll still, you'll still see a picture of yourself, but it's distorted, meaning the mirror is lying. The mirror isn't perfect. On the other hand, if you look in the mirror and you see something completely different, then it's not a mirror. So in that same sense, physics and metaphysics are like the mirror where physics and metaphysics must always verify each other. Um, the four physical states of matter are um, plasma, solid, liquid, and gas. Actually, uh, let's see, plasma, that's like fire. Um, four solid states of matter are it's funny because this is modern physics. This is cutting edge science. 
and then old, old disabused, uh, I mean, not dis yeah, we, we've disabused ourselves from this, um, but old discarded junky science that we, we laugh at, and, you know, there's no such thing as fire, earth, air, and water, that's stupid, well, fire, <laughs> plasma, earth, solid, um, air, gas, and uh, water, liquid, so it's funny how we've updated the terms, but the four states of matter are still the four classical elements of science, regardless of the, uh, or irrespective of the periodic table of elements, which is important and interesting, but the fact that we call fire, earth, air, and water, fire, earth, air, and water elements, and we have the periodic table of elements, that's like saying love. I love pizza, but I love my cat, and uh, I love my country. Well, these are different types of love. I wouldn't have sex with my country, even, or my cat, or, or, my, or my pizza, if I think about it. Um, but I wouldn't eat my country, but I'd eat the hell out of some pizza. So the word love is like, it means strong affection for, but it has all these different meanings. So in the same sense, we say elements, but we say four elements. Oh, that's stupid because there's, you know, periodic table of elements. Well, it's kind of shades of meaning there. The problem is that the, both words are spelled the same and pronounced the same. Uh, but when we talk about states of matter, it's like, oh, no, states of matter. That's not the elements. The elements are the, so we have to be smarter than the terminology we use if we're going to decipher reality in the way that allows us to understand how astrology really makes our readings exponentially better. Are we clear on this? Yep. All right. So one, one ranty thing I want to say is that, uh, yeah, so while some of this religious superstition worldview stuff was crap that got stamped into the tarot uh some of it made sense and the truth will always win out over a long enough time period uh, lies are an expediency favored by the lazy and the weak but you know as metaphysicians or researchers we have no time for that so in a set in essence um, astrology was forced in the tarot um, but as a measure of everything, including the tarot, was able to fit. So the four numbered suits of the tarot work really nicely with the flow of four classical, uh, four elements of classical silence, science. What the hell am I saying silence? Sorry, uh, I think I need more coffee. So we've talked about this fire, air, air and water, all that stuff. So the first thing I want to do is we can understand that each of the four pip suits have an underlying quality of the element or the classic element that imbues them. So whenever we're looking at a tarot card, the first thing we can do with astrology is we can understand that um, all of the wands cards, cups cards, coins cards, and uh, swords cards will have uh, their astrological element elemental energy behind them and that really clarifies and it clarifies by narrowing what it can't be fire can't be water air can't be earth that type of thing there is a slight problem with the fact that Pam was not a metaphysical master by any sense of the word and um, she really screwed up the astrological assignations um, so astrology doesn't fit perfectly we'd like ideally we'd like astrology and numerology to fit perfectly into the tarot and the images on the cards would be astrologically and, and neurologically perfect but they're not even close um, what we have is we have shades 
of correctness. And then we have the swords suit, which is just crazy. Um, if we understand astrology at all, we understand that um, fire, uh, fire is very passionate. Uh, fire, as uh, keeping in mind that astrology is a reality map. Astrology is made out of the four elements. We have three signs, a cardinal sign, a fixed sign, and a mutable sign. And each uh, element is representative. So we have cardinal fire, fixed fire, and mutable fire, cardinal fixed, mutable earth, and so on. So that's how we get you know, four suits, three states or qualities, four times three is 12. So that's how we get that. So um, in that sense, all of the fire signs, fire, as a uh, as a zone of our reality map in, in what we call astrology fire is responsible for passion energy drive impatience violence anger testosterone that these are just things that we associate with fire therefore i'm, I'm going to put aside the whole swords versus wands argument which is a legitimate argument and i'm just going to speak down I'm going to really dumb this down and simplify it because I don't want to bring too much into this. And I'm just going to say fire equals wands, which calls me to say that because it's not that I disagree. It's that this oversimplification um, makes the suit of swords not, makes any, not make any sense because air is not violence. Fire is much more violent than air. But the suit of air being equated with the suit of swords by the common masses means that we have to look at the air suit uh, or the sword, suit of swords as an air suit, but the suit of swords is exceptionally violent. Um, it's the most violent suit of all, followed only, um, only almost like a photo finish um, by the suit of uh, wands. But for simplicity, fire equals wands, air equals swords. Earth equals coins, water equals cups. So if we look at each suit, if we're looking at the five of wands, okay, we see at least in the you know the weight symbolism or the, or the Smith symbolism, weight Smith symbolism, uh, we see a um, bunch of kids, you know, swinging their sticks around, showing off their sticks, arguing with their sticks. It could be a number of things, but they're just out actively playing with their sticks. Now. To understand this card, if we come in with the knowledge that uh, astrology uh, has these things called elements, and we know that anything fire is passion, energy, violence, anger, patience, drive, testosterone, action, adventure, that kind of stuff. If we go into that with that, it makes it so much easier to understand that we're not looking at an emotional card. We're not looking at a practical card or, or things of pragmatic nature. We're looking at a card that is telling us about the energy of a situation or pointing out that it is a chaotic environment, that it is um, a temporal state. It's not, um, it's not talking about the longevity of something. Now, all of this will be shaped by the question we're asking. If we are, in fact, asking about the longevity of something, then you know, this would point to rather short or chaotic longevity. Um, so when we're interpreting our cards, we need to 
understand the core meaning of the card and apply that to the question at hand and of course use our intuition to figure out exactly what are the most pertinent and salient points. To help us get to that at the very beginning, uh, any knowledge at all of the elements or, or astrology helps. Uh, in the back of the book, let me grab this, easiest way to learn the tarot ever. So I open this up to wands and uh, oh yeah, page 126 and um, right below at the very top of the page, it says five of wands in that funky font. Now, right below it, it says cardinal fire. Um, cardinal fire is what we call Aries. There's cardinal fire, uh, that's Aries. There's fixed fire, that's Leo. And there's uh, mutable fire, that we call Sagittarius. I chose to assign this card to cardinal fire. Um, it could be argued that this is mutable fire because it's all squiggly but I tend to think that it's cardinal fire from understanding because we have five different people expressing their own points of view and nobody's listening everybody's shouting that's a very cardinal action so if we understand basic astrology understanding that this is a cardinal fire card allows us to see that this is um, it enhances our knowledge. It's not just a chaotic endeavor, but we understand that the chaos comes from everybody shouting and nobody listening. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. We understand that this is a card of uh, impatience, uh, literally naive impatience and adventure. It's not pre-planned in and of itself. And you know, we could add a card, like uh, what's a good conspiracy card? Um, maybe the Two of Wands. You know, it's like uh, I planned this fight. Or let's do something sneaky, like the Seven of Swords. Like, um, uh, oh, Seven of Swords could be in, like a fight. We, we blend these two cards together. It'd be a fight over something stolen, or disagreement. You know, I, who took it? Who took it? Uh, let's see. Who was a conniving card? Um, Hierophant reversed could be conniving. Um, so the thing is that in order to add more depth to the card, we can add another card. But in and of itself, this card is just cardinal. Uh, chaotic, uh, passionate energy. Now, by comparison, Earth, again, we're going back to astrology, Earth energy is patient. Uh, it, it deals with estrogen uh, versus testosterone. Gravity, as in sucking things in and holding them together. Money likes gravity. Money likes to accumulate and be next to uh, itself and things like it. Um, security, durability, reliability, materialism, common sense. These are all things associated with the um, suit of, uh, well, suit of coins or earth uh, and and therefore with gravity, you know, things holding together almost like a fortress. So when we see, uh, when we look at the cards that way, rather than just seeing these random scenes, we can go, okay, all of the Pentacles or coins cards are going to have a fundamental pragmatic grasp of reality. Um, the four of coins, there's this guy sitting, he's, he's sitting, he's, so... Um, his platform is secure. He's not standing. He's not balancing like that, like that clown in the uh, 
cubic coins. So like, oh, I'm balancing. I, I think I'm balancing. Oh no, I'm on one foot and it's wavy and suggesting that uh, maybe I'm on a ship and it's rocking back and forth. Uh, that's nothing like the uh, the four. You know, four coins is like a Taurus. Good, solid, made in the USA or you know, name your favorite country. Old fashioned. You know, don't broke it. Don't don't fix it if it ain't broke. This guy is solid. He's sitting. You know, he's not going to fall over. And then on top of that, he's reinforcing. He's got his feet on his coins. He's got his hand wrapped around his coins. He's just sitting there showing you that this is how you get things done. You stay the course. He's very simple, direct, straightforward. He is the epitome of the Earth suit. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. Then you have the one next to it, the five of coins. Well, the same thing, except all of a sudden it's a lack. So everything he has, they don't. So this uh, core basic understanding of astrology and elements, which come from astrology, uh, helps us see through the image and just go, okay, whatever it can be, is, is core energy, in, for example, in the uh, five of coins, is lack, lack of health. Uh, lack of money, lack of uh, social uh, yeah, network, you know, or, or or social net worth, you know, having a having a support network when uh, when things go bad, uh, or it could be as simple as not having a plan, which is you know the whole axiom of you fail to plan, you plan to fail, um, not having a, an insurance policy or something, all of that fits into the card. So we don't have to memorize any keywords. We, we understand how the image fits the card and how it expresses a virtue of that suit, um, whether it's you know, uh, uh, an abundance of or, an, or lack of. Does that make sense? Uh -huh. And then the six, you know, it's like um, it's giving, but see how it's like I'm giving, six is a very common sense card. I, I have my scales. I'm doling out exactly what needs to be doled out. It's not charity. It's it's charity, or it's getting your change from Starbucks, or it's handing out here's your change. Would you like fries with that? Or it's um, applying common sense, or it's prioritizing how you're going to do things. No whole number of things it can mean, but the core essence is things are being done nice and properly and carefully, and uh, and and intellectually. So you could say that. Um, that is the intellectual of the uh, suit of coins. And then same thing, you know, air, curiosity, air is uh, uh, curiosity and exploration. Light testosterone, because the um, the masculine elements, that'd be fire and air. Uh, well, actually, those are the uh, masculine elements. So fire, uh, fire and air are the masculine elements. Therefore, they both um, have a connection with testosterone but excessive testosterone, uh, fire, you know, very passionate and driving and whatnot, where air is testosterone light because air is of the intellect and uh, engagement, ideas, interactions, enterprise, you know, all things mercurial. And then the water element, which matches up with the suit of cups, um, extreme ex estrogen, uh, emotions, loyalty, defenselessness, uh, nurturing, caring, and even with retreat or withdrawal, which we can see in, let's say, like the eight of uh, cups is very retreat, 
or withdrawal, and the Four of Cups during which we or withdrawal, or if we flip over Three of Cups, you know, then that could be retreat or withdrawal, or sati satiation, you know, Three of Cups, Nine of Cups, Ten of Cups, uh, and then of course com companionship. So a cursory understanding of astrology helps us understand first off what's behind the images how they work makes our cards make much more sense without having to brute force memorize rigid keywords phrases and structures because that's the barbaric and limited way to learn and it will always be trumped by a much more organic understanding uh, secondly uh, in astrology Elements that are like each other get along well. Uh, every element loves itself more than it loves anybody else. Uh, that's why in astrology we say, oh, Leo and Sagittarius and uh, what's that other one? Aries. So fire, fire, fire. Oh, they all get along. Well, why? Because they're of the same element. If you add fire to more fire, you're just going to get more fire. If you have a glass of water and I have a bucket of water and I grab your water and throw it in my bucket I'm like haha you'll never get your water back I can scoop out some water and give it back to you but it wasn't your water because that water the moment that mixed that's it you, know, you can't distinguish water from water uh, same thing air air so if you mix an element with itself it's going to blend so perfectly you can't go back and pull the original molecules out do you know what I mean yeah now this there's a magic to this and this is this is how we understand the tarot suits or cards of the same suit will have a natural chemistry or affinity to each other because elements love themselves more than they love anybody else now if we want to go just a little bit deeper without getting too crazy on this if we mix the feminine elements well earth and water we get mud the earth and water mix mix perfectly i mean you pour earth into water water and earth you could in theory suck the water out of the earth or suck the earth out of the water you're gonna have brown water and you're gonna have wet earth because they really mix well together does that make sense yes so elements like the feminine elements are, are bffs but it's not quite the same thing as what is a blood is thicker than water you know well okay fine so uh, fire plus fire is family earth plus earth is family you know but earth plus water bffs are pretty pretty damn strong so now we can look at the cards and we can go well all things being equal when we're looking for patterns and we you know because i uh, in the advanced uh, tarot secrets book i teach all about uh, hidden spreads and patterns and themes. Have you uh, have you read any of that yet? Yes, I'm uh, at the manifestation part of the book right now. I'm oh, cool. Spells so, and stuff like that. Right. So, so we've already been through uh, the basics on on that. So, what I'm saying here then is, if we understand that uh, these elements some elements play nicely together and others not so much when we're doing the four pass reading technique when we're looking for patterns and themes this jumps right out at us this is just uh, found money it, it's free information 
that other readers miss because they haven't been taught this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, air and fire. Air and fire get along well because fire needs air in order to exist, but it's not quite the symbiotic relationship that earth and water have. So if I were to put like a hierarchy, I'd say every element loves themselves. That's that's like a 10. That's an 11. That's, that's the top. Then around 9 or 8 or 7, I'd say um, um, earth and water. You know, really good. And then below that, I'd say fire and air. Then we have things like fire and earth. I'm, um, is this okay? Maybe maybe in some alchemical way we can force them together. Or earth uh, and air. That's a great one. We don't even have to. We don't have to even think about that. You look down, there's the earth. You look around, there's the air. They don't mix. I mean, sure we can talk about a sandstorm, but. We have the earth, which we stand on. We have air that we breathe. The earth is fixed. Throw ourselves on the ground, we will break something. Mostly us, not them. Not not the earth. Uh, but we can fly through the air. We can jump, leap. We can attack the air. We can wave our hands. The air just gets out of our way. So we have uh, air, which represents nothing or ethereal or the ultimate mutability. You know, it just gets out of our way versus um, earth. Uh, which is its most basic, we think like dirt, rocks, whatever. So in that sense, uh, ignoring the violence of the of the suit of swords, any card in the tarot with an air uh, relation or an air orientation is much more ethereal and transient, whereas an earth card is much more stoic, pragmatic, or long-lasting. It again depends on exactly what we're looking at here. It's only 78 cards, so we have to understand the myriad ways that they express themselves, uh, which, which again, this is what we're doing today. Um, so when we combine these, we get a richer texture of reality. And then, of course, you know, fire and water, those guys will never get along. Um, Okay, so we're cool on this, right? Yeah. Okay, so I want to give you one of the most powerful secrets on the tarot here. Um, the more you understand your cards and the more in-depth uh, – well, the more you do understand your cards, let me say, uh, the more in-depth and insightful that your readings are going to be. But this is because the cards are just images that the gods use to spark ideas from your intuition. The images you see will make you think of things that answer your question. And we talk about this in course. You're, you're in like week 19, so you'll definitely hear me say this over and over again. Now, this is not random or vague. This is this is what separates us from the so-called intuitive think uh, intuitive readers. There's a real schism between the so-called um, intuitive readers who are accused of just making up things as they come into their mind. But these are the same readers that are able to pull out fascinating, like insightful things. So we are, we are using the abilities of the intuitive readers because we're using our intuition as divination was meant to. And we're also tapping into the power of the rote memorization readers because we understand what the traditional meaning of the card is and how the image applies to that. So we aren't memorizing card meanings. We just, you know, read the back of the white book um, 
once or twice and you know fill out the little worksheets so we have an understanding of what the traditional or so-called traditional meaning is and then how we see it and then as we practice you know we're, we're using that as a base or like training wheels and then the more we use our cards the more we understand them as they show up in real life and using astrology astrology doesn't so much help us understand the card although it does but it really helps us understand reality so I'd say it's more like 30% the card 70% reality so that we can take our understanding of the card which is enhanced by uh, of course astrology compare that to a real-life event which we understand much more because of astrology even basic astrology even just saying that's a very masculine action that's a very aggressive action there's a, you know uh, otherwise it would be a feminine action it's a or a circumstance uh, or personality trait or whatnot um, because astrology first breaks things down into polarities then qualities and elements so understanding any of that whatsoever even even just a little bit allows us to really get a better sense of what it is we're dealing with and therefore the answers that come into our mind are much more clear so with practice and again that's a beautiful thing is it's not what he required here just just proper persistent practice uh, we can understand what each and every card can mean far beyond anything written in any book uh, but every meaning will make every reading will make sense because the only things that apply to that reading will be the things that are pertinent we won't have to go oh my god this card can conceivably mean a whole bunch of different things we'll be able to say I, I got that it's just at this particular time it only means this or that make sense mm -hmm. now completely separate and distinct from this everything that's said before encapsulated put a wall down in between it us and it that's how we use astrology to understand our cards and that helps us in our readings tremendously we don't need to go study astrology but even a cursory understanding of astrology will help us with that now if we want to go far beyond that on this side of the wall if we have studied any part of astrology um, where we can look at our clients chart or look at a chart of the situation we're dealing with um, that will give us a more insightful understanding of what it is we're dealing with what perspective it comes from if the client understanding their chart even just a little bit will understand will understand their world view their perspective you know are they hyper aggressive are they intellectual are they emotional are they defensive are they pragmatic are they lazy because it is these character traits that they won't tell us about but we discover instantly through our astrological examination it's these character traits that all of a sudden reveal to us why they came to us what they're really after what do they mean when they say blah 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 does that make sense yeah so a light understanding of astrology applied to our under to our study and practice of the cards helps tremendously um, a more thorough understanding of astrology applied not so much to the cards but to the situation the client anything like that that can help us 
it, it just builds a clarity of understanding. And, and it's interesting to me that a clarity of understanding enhances the level of our communication. And that's really all we're doing when we're reading for ourselves or other people is that we are, uh, we're communicating, you know, um, I remember as a kid, I used to have relatively complex thoughts. They, they felt rather complex to me because I could grasp concepts and form opinions and analyze things. But when I opened my mouth to explain this to adults, the words that came out were barbarically simple. And inside my head, I felt like an idiot because I heard the words coming in my mouth. I, I felt like um, Chris Tucker in uh, Rush Hour. He goes, do you understand the words coming out of my mouth? Uh, actually, uh, I felt like uh, Jackie Chan in, uh, in uh, Rush Hour 2. Nobody understands the words coming out of your mouth. You know what I'm saying? Um, so in that sense, I didn't have the ability to for complex thought to express myself um, as I wanted to. So with astrology, all we're doing is enhancing our awareness and our ability to uh, explain in non-astrological terms what it is we're seeing. What ends up is we appear more insightful because we're taking that same information we're getting out of the cards that we would except it's less fuzzy, it's less generic. Everything's just a little bit more clearer and focused, just kind of like we're putting on a pair of glasses and going, oh, wow. I mean, I've seen the world around me all along, but now it's in full, sharp, technicolor, 3D, real D vision, whatever. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So in a roundabout way, astrology just clarifies all this stuff for us. And hopefully what I've given you during this time was a little bit better of an understanding of how to take rudimentary astrology and apply it literally right now to enhance your understanding of the cards, which makes everything easier. It makes the, uh, the exercises easier. It makes your manifestations more powerful because you can be more specific. We're not looking at generic blobs of cards. We're seeing more and more of these subtle inferences and influences um, behind each card, behind each image. So we can kind of select, I want to pull off this aspect. Because, you know, the cards can have a whole bunch of meanings. We don't have to pull off every single part of that card's meaning, uh, especially when we're in manifestation, you know. I'm using this card as a placeholder, but my... My understanding of reality is such that I can pull this out and this out and blend it with this. And that's why we do our blendings, especially manifestation. We don't want to go, I want a car. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to have a chariot. Like that, that could be a car. Or I want a uh, knight, of, knight of Wands. I mean, I'm sorry, it's Knight of Wands. Yeah, a showy car, a Knight of Swords. I want a fast car. Um, I mean, that's nice, but if we want to manifest, how about I... Uh, 
I want something that's safe. I want a Volvo. I want something that's safe and reliable and take my kids back and forth to school. Or I want something flashy that uh, women will love and thieves will not steal. In other words, we can put in, we can use different cards to shape uh, uh, the expression of exactly what we're trying to manifest rather than just do it very ham-fistedly. Mungo smash. So does this help? Do you have any other questions? Do you, did I fail? Well, I, I have, you know, a few questions for you. Uh, you know, when you go to a, a psychic for a reading, a tarot reading, for example, yeah. they, they ask for your birth date or whatever. That's to get your sun sign. Is that the most important um, quality to know prior to doing? Because the moon also has the hidden. When we say most important, um, I will say yes to most important, and I will say that it's a travesty to only ask for your sun sign if they have the ability. As I'm especially, everybody has a phone. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I feel I feel bad for people who don't have a phone in the sense of like, okay, maybe maybe you have a computer, but somehow somebody, everybody has some kind of if if they're listening to this. They got some kind of access to an astrological program. They have access to the interwebs. Um, if you go to alabe.com, which is astrolabe.com, you get a free chart. There's there's not even ads. Just bling. And, okay, actually, there's like one or two ads now at the bottom. It's, it's like the least ad-filled site ever. Uh, but you look at the top of the page, very top scroll menu. It says free chart, although they've, they've kind of made the com, uh, menu a little bit more complex now. It used to be really simple, but you might have to click on free chart and go down to like free chart. But, uh, it's like one, two clicks, whatever. But the thing is that it's free. You don't have to sign up for anything. You don't have to do a bunch of, you know, jump through a bunch of hoops. You don't even have to, and when you're filling out that form, you do not have to put in your email. They don't collect your email. They never have. Uh, I know because I've done it for years and never once sent me an email, jerks. Um, cause I was like, Hey, you know, sign me up for, um, for free stuff. Um, I didn't even buy their astrological program. I ended up buying uh, some other stuff that I liked. Um, but anyway, that's, that's where I get all my free charts from when I'm, you know, out and about just on, uh, on the web. Uh, and this is what I recommend for everybody else. So other people, you can go to astrology.com or astro.com, but then you got a whole bunch of ads and stuff, but it's nice and simple. Any, anyone who has, if they're, if they're going to ask for your sun sign, it takes 30 seconds to go. Okay, click. What is your birthday? Okay, February 17th, 1903. Everybody knows when they were born. What time you were born? Who knows? Who cares? So you put the uh, you put the chart at 12 noon. I mean, you can put it at 6 a.m., but I like 12 noon because that way you're halfway. You know, you can you're within 12 hours either way. If you're if you're uh, at 6 a.m. and they were born at 11:59, now it's really screwed up. Now. You've got their sun sign, their moon sign, their Mercury sign, their Venus sign, their Mars, Jupiter, Saturn. Holy crap. You don't, it's like doing a Celtic cross. You don't really have to read all 10 cards. I mean, if you were in a pinch, you're like, okay, I'm going to the Celtic cross. Oh, got to go. Hmm, looking, looking. Okay, I'm just going to focus on the past. Here's what's happened to get to this point. Oh, that's nice. What's going to happen? Oh, don't have time to tell you. I got to go. Um. You don't have to look at the entire chart. You can look at the sun sign. 
but but I like what you said because if we take the sun sign in isolation and forget the moon sign and everything else, um, and again, if we don't know what time they're born, fine. We don't know what the houses are. We don't know the ascended, but the planets are all there. The only thing is that the moon might be a little bit forward or backwards. We'll get into that some other time. Um, but wow, we have a much deeper understanding of them instantly. Just literally 30 seconds of looking at a chart, which 30 seconds goes by in a flash. We know so much about how our client or the situation we're looking at. Like, you know, as we're looking at 9-11, you know, we knew at a time that that happened. Or we're looking at the election coming up. Well, we know on election day, you know, the entire day, the sun is going to be here, Mercury's going to be here, that's going to be there. Um, so if we're looking at an event or a client or a situation, you know, oh, this contract's going to be signed on the 17th. Okay, great. So we'll look at the 17th. This allows us to really understand, even at just a glance, a lot of what we're seeing. Um, and, and like I said, it's free. It takes a couple of clicks. And if you got a phone, doot, 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 you can even do like, a, what do they call it, a shortcut. You know, click, you're there. You know, you know, even, no clicks at all. You're just there right on the page where you enter the information. Um, and you click send, and poof, there's a chart pops up on the next page. So if you go to a reading and they want to know your birthday, they should ask for your uh, birth date instead of your birthday. Now, I know that it's popular. A lot of readers have read the book called Destiny Cards, where this guy took a 52-card deck and assigned your birthday to a playing card, which is completely fabricated information. But it's really fun to do. I've done it before. I was like, oh, I'm the King of Hearts, or maybe I'm the Seven of Diamonds. I, I don't know. But it, but it was fun. But it didn't explain me to a T like astrology does. So if anybody's going to ask for your birthday and not your birth date, they're doing themselves and you a disservice. Um, so yeah, there's, there's my long version of that and how easy it is that anybody could just get a chart. So there's not any excuse to say, well, I can't get a chart. Um, you know, I don't have access to that information. All right. And I have one more question. Um, when you're looking at like polarity signs like Aries is polar to Libra, yeah. It, when you're doing a relationship type, looking at one person versus another person's, is that polarity? Is that since you know in in science opposites attract? Is that polarity meaning they're polar opposites and not compatible, or am I making sense? When you're no, it makes total sense, and and it's. In science, sometimes opposites attract, and sometimes they do not. It, but but again, I, I know what you're saying about opposites attracting. Here's the thing to remember about um, opposites. Um, first off, let me put let me throw this out there because this will really fuck your head up. Every there's there's twelve signs. Uh, you know you know what a, you know what a sine wave is, right? Positive, negative, positive, negative. Kind of like a sinus rhythm. Like, yeah. Okay, so you have your control or zero line, then you have your positive impulse. Okay, that's the, the round part above. And then you have your negative impulse. So sine waves, so up and down, up and down, up and down. Everybody knows another sine wave. You can look it up online anyway. Um, every sign, Aries, Taurus, Libra, okay, 
every sign is an equal and opposite reaction to the sign that came before it. Holy fucking Christ, that's Newton's third law. Equal and opposite reaction. So Taurus is the opposite of Aries. Gemini is the opposite of Taurus. And when I say opposite, you have to be kind of careful because it's it's next door neighbor, it's the sign that's next to it. Uh, but Aries is fire. It was ruled by Mars. You know, it's 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 um, it's fire. It's cardinal. It's bold. It's manly. You know, in that stupid book by that stupid John Gray, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. That's all you ever need to know. Blah blah blah. Buy my book. I'm on Oprah. Guy is a liar. I'm sorry. I don't want to say that. I believe he is savagely misinformed. I'm not going to say he's a liar. I don't want to impugn his uh, his honor or character, but I do not like what he says, and I can totally disprove him. Um, now, that being said, um, he sold a lot of books here, so good for him, but I thoroughly disagree with his findings. So, in that sense, uh, make a note of this real quick. Sorry. Right. So in that sense, it is more correct to say that Aries and Taurus's are or Aries energy and Taurus energy is opposite because um, Aries is primitive, barbaric, masculine expansion energy. Taurus is primitive, barbaric, defensive, coalescing restrictive uh, energy uh, one is the uh, Taurus is the direct response to the excesses of, of Aries so in that sense when we talk about opposites we really should be looking at sign 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 masculine feminine because we say masculine and feminine are opposites now the problem with opposites on uh, in astrology is that every opposite is of the same gender uh, Aries is made of fire Libra is made of air both of those are masculine signs but here's where we get sticky Aries is ruled by Mars you know hyper aggressive uh, Libra is ruled by Venus well so is Taurus Taurus is the uh, alpha Venusian sign feminine sign feminine planet feminine element uh, Libra, feminine planet, masculine sign, masculine element. So it's not Venus really at her best. It's Venus in a pants suit. It's Prince Charming. Just, you know, Aphrodite kicks Prince Charming's ass all the way down the street. You know, he's still, you know, good looking and all that, but it's not Aphrodite at her best. At her best, she's Aphrodite. At his best, Aries is like, you know, ah, I'm Aries, you know. Um, we do the same thing in Aries. Aries puts on a cocktail dress. Suddenly he's Scorpio, you know, masculine planet, Mars, feminine sign, feminine element. So when we're looking at any opposites, Leo, Aquarius, uh, fire and air, masculine, masculine, Capricorn, Cancer, uh, earth and water, feminine, feminine, um, the elements themselves have a commonality. They have a very powerful commonality. Um, Think of them more like two sides of a coin. They're made of the same stuff. 
they're cast of the same metal at the same time. It's just two different worldviews. So yes, they will argue, Aries, me, uh, uh, Libra, no, us, you know, I'm going to go out, woman, no, you are going to, and from a masculine point of view, no, we are going to do things together. We're going to hold hands, whether we, whether you want to or not, I'm going to hold your hands because I'm a cardinal heir sign saying, let's hold hands. And I'm masculine in nature, even though I'm ruled by a feminine planet. So, um, Aries, independent survival of the self, Libra, exact opposite, right? Um, coercive, manipulative, um, passive, aggressive, meaning still aggressive. So they share so many commonalities. They're both cardinal signs. They're both equinoctial signs. Uh, when is the spring? When is the summer? Uh, I mean, it's fall. Summer. What the hell am I talking about? Um, so they both uh, they both happen when the sun crosses the equator. So in that sense, yes, they're opposites, but they have much more in common than signs that are uh, conjunct that are that are next to each other. So I wouldn't say that signs that are opposite each other uh, imply incompatibility. They comply they imply dramatic conflict and uh, all drama is in a sense uh, conflict so opposites can attract in astrology and do all the time where the Aries says I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna be a hero I'm gonna do what I want and Libra's like no we're gonna do it together and Aries might go oh that's kind of nice you can hang out with me I'm in charge and the Libra's like good because I don't want to be in charge except I don't want you to go out and be too aggressive what do you mean so there will always be an inherent lack of compatibility between signs that are opposite but there's an underlying chemistry that holds them together so opposite signs are like a teeter-totter or a tug-of-war they're permanently uh, permanently affixed to each other, but their their uh, interactivity is is complex, and and yeah, sometimes they'll get along, sometimes they won't. But the fact that they have that chemistry versus, let's say, signs that are, I think uh, the technical term is a very minor aspect in astrology. It's called an inconjunct. Sescus quadrant or whatever, it's 150 degrees. Um, those signs have nothing in common with each other. So is this making any sense? Yeah. Because, for example, it? like Pisces yeah. would be like dreaming, whereas a Virgo would be about work, work, work. But they are both selfless and giving. Mm -hmm. And they are both intellectual signs. And yes, the Virgo is like, uh, you must damn it, you have to plan things out. And the Pisces is like, no, you're, like, you're, you're crushing my soul. You need to think. Now, both of these exist in, let's say, the higher mind. Um, but, but again, look at the Pisces like a telescope and the Virgo like a microscope. Yes, I'm interested in minutia, but I'm interested in a big, wonderful picture what's beyond the stars. Well, they're both examining. If they could agree that they're both researchers and that they're both examining and they're both interested in things that are far beyond 
the cheeseburger in front of us. You know, the micro burger was like picking it. Do you know what's? Do you know what chemicals are inside this cheeseburger? And then Pisces is like, do you know what the implication of a cheeseburger is and the global warming and how we have to be nice to animals? So neither one of them is going to eat the damn cheeseburger. They're going to be too busy bitching about it. In that sense, they're a perfect match, which explains why you will see Tauruses and Scorpios get along, they like literally get together. Like, how? Why? You know, it's like, I control the sex. I control the money. It's like, ugh, freak jobs. Does this make sense? Yeah. So, I mean, granted, it'd be easier to say Virgo, get with Capricorn. <laughs> Pisces, get with Taurus, or maybe a Cancer. But yeah, give it a Scorpio and shut up. Let the Scorpio tell you what to do because you know, I'm Scorpio. Um, it's easier to do that, but wow, you know, life is just so complex. And then on top of that, you know, like you mentioned briefly, we have our sun sign and our moon sign. Well, forgetting forgetting the uh, ascendant and all the other planets and everything, just those two. What if I'm Scorpio but I have a Capricorn moon, or I'm Aries but I have a Pisces moon? Well, now the level of my emotional complexity and who I'm going to get along with is now much more, uh, much more complex. Right. So, so the easy answers don't apply. You know, we can't just open up Linda Good's, uh, Goodman's love signs and go, oh, my perfect match is so-and-so. But wow, I really like this other type of person. So, and the worst part is that these disparate parts of our personality literally have to live in the same house, you know, their skull. So sometimes different parts, you know, my, we're like the, um, I love this commercial, it's a frosted, no, it's a, yeah, frosted mini wheats commercial. It's, it's a dumb commercial from the 80s or 90s or whatever, you can find it on YouTube, and it says, you know, the adult side of me says, I like the cereal because it's good for me, and it's, but the kid side likes the taste. Well, inside all of us, we have that adult side and kid side, or we have, you know, our emotional side and our logical side, or we have, and some of us are more congruent, you know, I've got eight planets in Taurus, this is who I am, you know, like, or I have a planet in every sign, I'm like, ah, I don't know who I am, but I'm everything, so it varies from person to person how schizophrenic they are. But all of us do have, to some extent, parts of our personality that don't get along together and then do have to blend and find ways to get along with each other. And that's just inside of us. Then when you add another person to the mix with their fucked up mentality and worldview, and that's why three ways never work because it's it's you know anybody can get along together for like five minutes or less, but when you try to force all of the stuff together at the same time, people's knees just get crazy. So I like your insight into this. I mean, I, I know I was talking very basic astrology earlier on. I hope it didn't. Uh, I hope it wasn't too basic. No, not, not at all. So all of this can enhance our tarot reading because the tarot, again, tarot and astrology are two totally different things. The, 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 just, just the fact that the tarot can be used for anything and then on a scientific level, the astrology is the map of everything. So in that sense, they're like uh, Pisces and Virgo. It's like, well, the, a matter of fact, Virgo is an astrological science. Pisces is a divination. It's the tarot. What does the tarot mean? I don't know. We'll just make stuff up. We'll just 
we'll put in some Kabbalah and some numerology and some astrology and some Zoroastrianism and some Catholicism and then oh, we really like those ancient gods, so we'll throw some of that in. You know? So they they are not compatible. I mean, you, you literally can have an intuitive tarot reader and a scientific astrologer in the same room, and you can say, hey, look, you guys are both in metaphysics, and they will end up killing each other. So yes, you know, because um, Virgo versus Pisces. So we have to introduce elements that both parties can agree on uh, to find commonality. If we can do that, then we can synthesize and then we can win. So that's the intellectualized version of how astrology can really help make you, and again, when I say make you a great reader, which I interrupted myself for talking about verbal M dash. Um, this is so important. If you're reading for yourself, it may seem like it doesn't matter, but you know, we all want more money, happiness, sex, appreciation, attention, people leaving us alone, security, whatever it is we want. We all want more of it, more time, more time to ourselves. The tarot and astrology blended together like this can help us do that so easily we can we can use our cards for everything you're in manifestation now so you already learned dowsing divination how to read the future how to find stuff now we're into how to create the world around you that you want not the rest of the world just just part of the world that you have to interact with um well that's that's just wonderful and then for those people you maybe you maybe not but the, for those people who want to make money doing this versus having you know boring crappy job like the ones I used to have uh, you want to make money doing this holy cow this is the difference between a dollar a minute and two three four hundred dollars a session five hundred dollars and up and there's a lot of people make a lot more money than that but if you want to be a, like a stellar kick-ass reader just what's in this podcast, uh, just what's in this lesson here, be the, it'll add another zero to your uh, to your hourly rate. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So that's that's what I'm after. All right, I'm gonna go out here and make like a taco or something. Uh, is there anything that uh, we haven't covered? Uh, no, that's pretty much um, answered a lot of questions and actually helped a lot. Um, you know. Thanks for being my uh, my lab rat. I uh, I really liked the the chance to discuss all this. And again, a lot of this stuff I just forget to cover in class, so it gives me a chance to go. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Andy, thanks a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm so oh God. I just called you Andy. Aaron, I'm Aaron. I'm really sorry. I was not even paying attention. Thank you so much. Do me a favor. Check in with me for a couple in a couple weeks. Just um, send me a Skype text or something and say, hey, this is really working. Son of a bitch, this is crap. Because uh, I, I just want to know that, that uh, this information actually uh, helps enhance your, your readings. Yeah, totally will. Cool enough. Uh, all right. Thank you for being here. Um, have a great day, man. You too. Thank you.